Here's the great lesson in front of us today on Abounding Grace. Today we want to be reminded that the battle belongs to the Lord. He's our defender. He's our rock. Or as this has been illustrated all throughout the Bible, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 20, it says, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there because our God will fight for us. Some of you today need to accept that truth, that the battle is not yours and you will not win in your own strength, in your own wisdom. The battle belongs to the Lord. This is amazing grace. Welcome to another week of Abounding Grace. You picked a good day to join us. We'll be kicking off a brand new series today called Faith Forward. We'll get back to our series in 1 Samuel in a couple of weeks. You can be sure that 2023 will include some battles and some difficulty. But here's something you need to know. The battle belongs to the Lord. That's the focal emphasis of Pastor Ed Taylor's message based in 1 Samuel chapter 17. A familiar story to many of us, and it can indeed bring perspective for the year ahead of us. Take your Bibles, open them to 1 Samuel chapter 17, the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I have entitled our Bible study today, The Battle Belongs to the Lord in 2023. And that's the year we're up against. And if we delivered this in any year, it's true on every day of every year. Listen, the battle belongs to the Lord. Just say it with me, the battle belongs to the Lord. It's important that we grasp that. Even as we're entering in with this freshness and this newness, the battles we're facing, the situations that we're in, the difficulties that we have, the people that might be against us, whatever it is, the battle belongs to the Lord. And it's important that we recognize that our perspective matters. How we see things, how we process things, what we choose to meditate on, what we choose to think about, what we choose to take in and to receive, it matters. And it especially matters when we're facing difficulties or trials, or as we see in the text today, the giants in life. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 17 is the age-old true story of David and Goliath. And it's unfortunate that David and Goliath has been relegated to a Sunday school class for children. And although I do believe children need to learn about the victories of God at a very young age, we can't forget that we are still God's kids And we need to be reminded, too, of the victories that are ours by faith when we face the giants in life. So we're going to approach this text in a very applicational way. We're going to take the truths here and apply them to our lives. But from a broader perspective, understand we're dropping into a time in the history of the nation of Israel where the enemies of God, the Philistines, a people group, are coming to destroy the nation. 
They, they are wanting to, as the enemy of our souls wants to stop Messiah from coming. And they get to a place where they have come to say, okay, we will offer one person on either side, and it's a winner-take-all battle. And on the one side, the Philistines, they offer up their giant of a man, Goliath, a real man who stood nine feet plus tall. Some believe nine feet, nine inches. And on Israel's side, well, they have been captivated by a dread of fear. And no one wants to fight Goliath. And David, when he comes being sent by his dad with resources for his brothers, when he hears of the fear, he comes with such great faith and courage that he steps into the gap. And it's from David's life that we learn of courage and faith and strength and hope. And it's from David we learn that the battle belongs to the Lord no matter how big the enemy is. And it's from Goliath that we learn that we all have our enemies and we all have things that are much bigger than we can handle. And so Goliath, this Philistine giant, is standing there mocking the nation of Israel and ultimately mocking the God of Israel. He represents to us the mocking enemy of God. David, he represents a couple of things to us. Not only does he represent seeing things with the right perspective and faith, but we also learn from David, he becomes a type of Jesus to come. And so what we see in David, you're going to see in a greater way by faith in Jesus Christ. Today, we want to be reminded that the battle belongs to the Lord. He's our defender. He's our rock. Or as this has been illustrated all throughout the Bible, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 20, it says, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there because our God will fight for us. Some of you today need to accept that truth, that the battle is not yours. And you will not win in your own strength, in your own wisdom. The battle belongs to the Lord. And what has happened to us, <laughs> followers of Jesus? What's happened to us where we think that we're stronger and smarter than God? And we start to take things into our own hands. What has happened? Lord, forgive us. It's been 40 days of mocking and taunting by the time we get to verse 31 here in 1 Samuel. That's where we're going to drop in. 40 days of taunting and threats. It, it was such a heavy time. Notice verse 24 with me. It says, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, this is Goliath, fled from him, ran away from him, and they were dreadfully afraid. And that's the atmosphere, fear, anxiety, running for your own life. These were men that were set to defend the nation. These were men that were set to protect the weak. These were men that were set, maybe even some military training, that they would then stand in the gap and fight for righteousness, fight for justice. But the events in their lives, the situation that they're facing, has caused them to be dreadfully afraid, and they run away for their lives. With that in mind, notice in verse 31. When the words of David spoke, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. What were those words? David came and said, I'll go fight him. You guys are all afraid? He is, we're not going to let this mocker get away with it. When they heard that, they took him to Saul. Now Saul is the king, the leader of the nation at this time. So they bring him to the king in verse 31. And it says in verse 32 that David said to the king, to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, 
you are not able to go as against this Philistine to fight with him. Which, by the way, is a truthful statement. He's just a young kid. He's probably in his teens right now. Goliath is a man of war, and a large man of war at that. And so there is some truth to this. You know, the truth, hey, man, you're just a kid. You can't go fight him. And, and notice he says, uh, as he explains, he says, you're but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. David said, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant, verse 36, has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. David stands there with great courage and confidence because he comes with the right perspective. He comes in a place where in his youthfulness, he has a purity of faith in God and in the power of God. Not only does he have a purity of faith, but he has the experience of faith. As he looks back to being entrusted with the flock, he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy. And he was responsible for the sheep. And he thinks back to the times where God delivered him before. And, you know, again, we're reading the Bible and we just kind of put it in some distant time. But, I, I mean, you've got you to gotta accept what it says here. This kid was protecting sheep against lions and bears. That's his testimony. I mean, that's what he would be sharing. If he ever doubted God and wonder if God come through, he would think back, oh, yeah, I remember grabbing that lion by the beard. Like, you know how close you have to be to grab a lion by the beard and kill it and to protect the sheep. And nobody's going to mess with the sheep. And, you know, if David came in, you go, oh, I already know what he's going to, he's going to tell us about the bear. We've heard about the bear a thousand times. But the bear to him was the faithfulness of God and the power of God and the strength of God. And the bear reminded David that the battle belonged to the Lord and it would encourage him. You know what? You guys have stories too. You have stories you can share. You may have forgotten them. You know, we get into the day-by-day mundaneness of life, and you may have forgotten the faithfulness of God, but you know, the Holy Spirit will bring things back to your mind. I, I don't think about this every year, but this year, for some reason, it was significant to me. I don't think about it hardly at all, quite frankly, because God did such a great work in my life. But I was thinking this year, in particular, this new year, I woke up one day last week and I was just thinking, you know, I'm going to enter in a new year. I'm going to enter in another new year for the 31st time sober. Like I'm going through a new year and I'm not going to be partying all night and drunk and getting in trouble and wondering who I hurt and all the damage that I was done. And it reminded me of the saving power of God. Like, I don't know what I'm going to face this year. I don't know what's ahead for me, but I remember God says, you know what? You don't have a lion or a bear, but you have a story yet. The delivering power that I have done in your life. And I, I guess I forget it from time to time. But it's pretty significant as I hear testimony after testimony after testimony of people that are in bondage. And I'm just here to remind you that God is ready to deliver you and win that victory that you haven't been able to win in years. Well, David had a bear and he had a lion. So this giant, it's just the progressive victory that God's going to give him next. You know, because I was, I'm also reminded with the lion and the bear 
that everything you're going through right now is preparation for what's up ahead. Preparation for what's up ahead. So you're battling on the line right now, and that's, man, that's amazing. You're like, oh my, what, what can God do bigger than that? Well, then he sends a bear. You're like, oh man, all right, all right, what can God do? Then he sends a nine-foot Philistine, but he doesn't actually send him to you. He sends you to him. You know, a lot of times the enemy of our souls loves to get us on our heels, we're very unstable when we're on our heels. If you try it one time and you're like that, you know, if, if I brace myself and you come and try to push me, if, I, if I'm like this, it's going to be very hard for you to move me. But if I'm on my heels, you can just flick me in the forehead and I'm going to fall over because it's a very unstable place. And so a lot of times we're viewing all of our battles like, like they're coming at us, they're coming at us and coming at us. But there are those times when God says, no, I've got a battle for you and I'm sending you right into it. And I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And you're going to need to remember the lion. And you're going to need to remember the bear. Because not even that nine-foot giant is going to be victorious in your life. And you can stand against him by faith. That's perspective. We want to be able to see things by faith. I think that's why Jesus also tells us, he teaches us, that we're to be like children. We're not to be childish, but rather we're to be childlike. Because, you know, as we get older, we get a little rough around the edges. We experience a few bumps and bruises. And, you know, maybe some of you need to, to, to really admit this today. Like, you become very callous and hard-hearted. And you don't really trust God like you, do, like you used to in the beginning. You don't really lay it all in line anymore. You know, at one point you could say your life was, I'm all in. But today you're not so all in. Because life has its way of hurting us <laughs> and callousing our hearts. And so one of the things you can do with a new year is just like, Lord, soften my heart. I want to be able to stand before the enemies that just con constantly mock me and come against me and the difficulties that seem to even chase me. I want to be able to respond to them by faith. He had the right perspective. And you know what I've found is that when we lose perspective, the most predominant emotion that pops up is fear. Faith and fear. When we stand by faith, fear takes a subordinate role. But when we lose faith, it seems like fear overcomes us. And then we start talking, well, we will never win, and we will, and like the children of Israel, they run away. We're out of here. Instead of running toward the enemy, they ran away. Now, if we were there looking at this, we would have to check our perspective too. Because you know, it's not only our battle, it's not always our battle. Sometimes we're watching someone else's. Sometimes we're observing. And I think if we were all there, I mean, we have to admit, if we were all there, nine foot giant that's got all his armor and his spear and his javelin, and he's a, he, he is like Saul, man. He's a proven warrior, like King Saul said. And then a little 16-year-old kid that has, as we'll see in a moment, a stick and a rock. And we're putting money down, you know. We're, we're, we're taking out our phone. Don't do this but you're pulling out your betting apps, whatever they are. I don't even know what to call them. It's like, all my money's on Goliath. All my money's on Goliath. No, those are the wrong eyes. Your money needs to be on God. He's the one that's going to come through. Just in case you guys hear this somewhere else, I am not advocating betting at all on Goliath, all right? Delete the app right now. You have a chance right now. Just delete it. Use that money for the glory of God. Just in case. But you get the point. If we're dropping money down at the fight, Goliath, Goliath, that's the wrong perspective. David understood that because it wasn't a battle between Goliath and David. 
It was a battle between Goliath and God, the God of David. And if you're going to put your money down, put it down on God every day of the week. He is faithful. We learn. We learn. This is an impossible situation, right? We've learned throughout the Bible that God is able to make a way where there is no way. You can assess it and set it all up, but God is able to give victory in seeming defeat. As a matter of fact, there are times when we've experienced defeat and we think all is lost, but we forget that God works all things together for the good, for those that love him and those that are called. Even defeats are used by God. Nothing is wasted. Well, you know, Saul sends him in, you know, I don't know, in verse 37, oh, go ahead and go. What kind of leader is that? That's a different Bible study altogether. But notice in verse 38, so Saul, he, maybe he's a little embarrassed or, you know, afraid. And what does he do? He puts, with David, he puts on his armor, his own armor. It's like if Saul's not going to go to battle, he's going to put it on David. He put a bronze helmet on his head, clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk because he hadn't tested them. But David said to Saul, I can't walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Now, there's a, there's a whole Bible study in this of being who you are and following God who you are. You can't go in, uh, serve God with someone else's armor, someone else's gifting. That's a different Bible study. But I want you to notice here the different perspectives. David is ready to go to battle by faith, trusting in God. But King, the leader of the nation, wants to send David into battle, trusting in armor. You know, for some of you, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. God has been working on you a long time to pull away everything that you're trusting in instead of him. And it's situation after situation after situation where, where he's trying to pull away the layers that have been built up over the years where you just refuse to trust in him and cast your whole lot into following him. Someone else's armor doesn't fit and the work of Saul's hands doesn't fit this situation. David's not going to go in with armor. That's not how he's going to win. He, he needs the right perspective. And, and you know, you're looking at this. It's just like the psalmist. The psalmist is looking at life around him that we read today in Psalm 73. And it's not fair. It's not right. Why are they getting away with this? They mock you, God. And on and on he goes until you get to the middle where he says that word. And so, until it says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, until I was in a position of worship, until I was in a position of submission, until I was a position where I put God in the right place, then I understood. And you want understanding today that only comes by the eyes of faith. It won't come any other way. You come to that place of worship and that's where understanding comes. Now, notice in verse 40, it says, David then took off, took off the armor and he took his staff, which is basically a stick, in his hand. He chose for himself five smooth stones. And if you guys are Bible students, some people ask, why five smooth stones? Well, a possible answer is found in 2 Samuel chapter 21. Goliath has brothers. So perhaps he's thinking of taking them out too. Uh, but he has five stones. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand. By the way, this sling is not some toy uh, slingshot that you buy in Walmart somewhere. This was a tool of the shepherd. 
And it was, you could say it was a professional sling where he would use it with a rock to, to take care of predators, you know, scare away if a sheep was, was wandering off. He, a shepherd could be so precise, they'd, they'd swing this around and shoot that stone right in front on the nose of that sheep to get him back. So it was a tool. This was a tool. David's a tool. The rock is a tool. This professional slingshot's a tool. His staff is a tool. He's just taking, this is another lesson. You just bring to God what you have. That's it. Just bring him what you have. It's all going to be used by him anyway. So what good is a stick? Take it. Ah, what is I going to do with a few rocks? Get them. Put them in your pocket. Put them on your belt. Get your sling and be ready for the Lord to act. And so he does that. And notice what he says. It says in verse 41, So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore his shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. That's a strong word in the Hebrew, Old Testament, written written in the Hebrew language. It's a very strong word that means to look down on someone or to mock them. That's where we get the idea that he's mocking. And let me just say this. Anytime you take a step of faith toward victory in faith, not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to be encouraging you, including maybe the person that you're dealing with. Like you're wanting to resolve something. You're wanting to do something right. It's like big life change. I've been going my life one way and I just know God wants me to go in another way. Don't expect everybody to like it and expect a few people to make fun of you and mock you and look down on you and make fun of you and your faith. It's really, you got to steel yourself to, to keep your eyes on God trusting him that he's leading you and guiding you that is pastor ed taylor on abounding grace and you've been listening to the first of our messages in our new series faith forward you can hear it again at aboundinggraceradio.com or listen through our app search for ed taylor in the app store or google play Maybe you're looking for a good book to go through. Well, here in the month of February, we picked out an excellent one written by Warren Wearsby. It ties in quite nicely to our current study, too. It's called On Being a Servant. You know, sometimes we lose sight of what ministry and service is all about as we get overwhelmed by the pressures and needs that surround us. Be encouraged and strengthened by the wisdom that Warren Wiersbe shares in this easy-to-read book. We'll send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Just call and ask for On Being a Servant of God. Our number is 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. And as we continue to deliver God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. And now, Pastor Ed, as you close today's message, you mentioned that as we're walking by faith in Christ, it won't always be met with applause. In fact, some will mock or look down upon us. So how should we handle that next time it happens? Well, you know, Larry, what we should do, first of all, is expect it. That way it won't be so surprising to us that not everybody's going to be happy with what the Lord's doing in our life, stepping out in faith, wanting to grow, putting things on the line again, like when we were were new believers, it just stirs up in other people all sorts of responses. 
So be expectant that you're just serving the Lord. Your eyes are firmly fixed on him. You are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these other things will be added unto you. And then how should we handle it the next time it happens? I mean, it really depends on how it happens, right? I mean, I, I want to be in the spirit. I may not know exactly how to handle it because I don't know what the situation will be. However, I do know how I'm not going to handle it. And that is I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be overwhelmed because I'm going to be walking in the spirit. I, I don't want to overreact. And I, I want to walk in the spirit to be used by the Lord. He, I don't want to be overly concerned about it because the Lord will give me what I need in the moment. So I can just trust that as I'm stepping out in faith, there'll be a lot of responses around me, both positive and negative, and that the Lord will equip me, equip me and prepare me for what's up ahead, right when I get there, he'll give me grace for the moment. Such encouragement to step out in faith. Just go for it. Just do it. Listen, this is a word from the Lord. Just do it. Step out, obey the Lord, and see what he wants to do. Good counsel there. Thanks, Ed. Our series, Faith Forward, kicks into high gear tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. We'll see you then. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.